Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Never Too Late. This is your girl Shannon Corrine and I just want to start off by thanking you for those who are tuning in and listening, those who listened to episode 1, those who visited the website. Um, I'm so grateful for you and thank you for just hanging in there with me as I fumble my way through this new little world of podcasting and things like that. So thank you. Um, I want to, before I get started, I want to update you on some things since the last episode. So in the last episode, I mentioned that I had a email address and let me repeat that email address to you. It's never number two, the letter L, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. Never two L for you at gmail.com. And please feel free to email me any suggestions, any comments, critiques, whatever. Just, you know, hit my line. Also, though, since the first episode, I now have a website. And the website is the letter in the letter sorry, the letter N, the number two, the letter L, the number four, and the letter U.com. So N2L4U.com. And on the website, you'll see I'll, have, I'll post new episodes on the podcast, and I'll also do a few little uh, like blogging and things like that. But also, you can email me from the website. So just go out there, check it out, comment. I'll be adding some more social media links on there right now. I think it's only the SoundCloud link, but I'll be uh, hooking up my iTunes soon. And I'll be doing a Facebook and uh, Instagram as my social media builds up and I'll put those links out there. But yeah, just go on out there and, uh, you know, stay in contact with me. So again, I just want to say thank you. And I just want to give you that information concerning the website and the email. So um, I also want to start off by saying, you know, Happy New Year. I think... By the time this episode is posted, I think we'll be a full maybe two weeks into January. So I think it's okay for me to say Happy New Year still. But Happy 2019, y'all. I really pray that your 2019 has been blessed thus far. And I pray that you are just consistent and intentional with whatever you have planned for your 2019, whatever goals you set, whatever you have slapped up on your vision board, whatever resolutions you set for yourself. I pray that you go for them full force and that you just become the better version of yourself every single day, minute, hour, month of this year. So for this episode, episode number two of Never Too Late, I kind of want to put this under the whole new year, new me umbrella. And I know that people loathe that phrase. I'm not quite sure why. I think evolving and growing and becoming new is, you know, that's such a gift that you can give yourself. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the foundational things of what makes us who we are should are probably always going to stay the same. Like for me, you know, my foundational things is that I'm a, a imperfect Christian, um, that I love, that I laugh, that I like food and that I like to sleep. Those things are just my foundational things. But as I grow older, there will be life experiences that will change and grow me and involve me and make me be new. Things that I'll do that I'll find out, okay, that didn't work so well. And then things that I'll be like, okay, that, that works perfect for where my life is going. 
So there's nothing wrong with wanting to to be a new, better version of you whenever you decide that. So anyway, under this umbrella of new year, new me, I want to kind of dig into not just some things that are internal, some things that are external, but also we're going to deal a little bit with finances, with um, just, you know, some other external things, fitness, things like that. So, um, you know, just stay tuned for the up and coming episodes and we'll probably do this for the duration of the month of January and maybe a little bit in February. But this first segment under the new year, new me, it's going to be, it's never too late to reflect. And so let me just kind of set the groundwork for this and give y'all just a little bit of a background. So when I was in my twenties, I kind of had this aha moment maybe that, you know, I didn't want to be the same person or going through the same things year after year. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm in my 20s, I'm 22, 23. I don't want to think or be the same person that I was when I was 17. You know, there I have to grow and evolve at some time in my life. And so what I started doing was that I started making a list of whatever it is that I did that previous year or for that previous age. And there were some things that I noticed that were that I needed to keep. And I put them in what I call my life toolbox. And then there were some things that I just needed to let go. And then there were things that I just needed to still work on. And I usually do this every birthday. Every birthday, I'm like, okay, I'm XYZ age. What do what can I put inside my life toolbox? What I what do I need to stop doing? Because I'm getting way too old for that. And what are some things that I need to work on to help me as I continue to grow? And I think when I was 35, I want to say I did a 35 years, 35 lessons type of listing on my Facebook. And I think it's still out there. I think if you go to notes or something like that on Facebook, you should still be able to see it. But um, that's something that I do every year. And sometimes, you know, the 35 years, 35 life lessons, that was the first time that I kind of posted it out for other people to see. But most of the time, I just kind of write it in a journal. Um, And like I said, I usually do this around my birthday time. But for the sake of me doing this podcast now and everything, I figured I would do it at the beginning of the year. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to, you know, I'm 40, I'm 41 now and I'm not going to do a whole 41 years, 41 things because I I really don't think at this point my voice is that captivating that I can hold people for that long. And I kind of need to build up my followers and listeners and I don't want to uh, push y'all away before you before I even get you. So um, what I decided to do was take that list and kind of compress it. And what I did was I took out 12, yeah, 12 things that I've learned that are inside of my life toolbox. And then there's like six things that I still need to work on. And those things that I've posted up on my, my vision board. And um, so I want to share them with you all. And and then, you know, at the end, I want you all to hit me up, whether it's on the website or whether it's through email. And let me know, like some things that are on you all's or that's inside of your life toolbox and some things that you still you know need to to work on as you grow and evolve to become this better version of yourself. Um, so here we go. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Uh, so the first life lesson. 
that's that I've learned that's in my life toolbox is that life will shut you up. And that thing just so I was looking at a YouTube video and T.D. Jakes was preaching at the time. And he was like, life will shut you up. And that like hit me, you know, it was, of course, that was more parts of the message. But when he said that, I was just like, yes, because and what it made me think about and it kind of went along with his message. But what it made me how I internalized it and personalized it for me was I thought about like when I was in my 20s and, you know, I guess life had not really happened to me at that time just yet. And I don't know why I'm doing air quotes and y'all can't see me. But anyway, um, and so it was so easy for me to to look at my homegirls or my, even my homeboys and they went through certain things or made decisions in certain situations, situations that they were in. And it was so easy for me at the time to be like, uh, uh-uh, I would never, or if that was me or, uh, or I can't believe that they made that decision or she went back to him, you know, cause you know, I'm a little young 20 year old. And, you know, at that time life was just fun and fancy free for me, but life happened And I had to eat a lot of those words that I was saying and a lot of that judgment, to be honest, that I was passing on onto other people. And it was like it was like that whole time while I was just being like, "Uh, -uh, I would never or that could be me. Or, you know, if I was in that situation, this is how I I would do it. It just seems like life was sitting in the corner taking notes like, "Mm, "Okay, then I hear you. I hear you, little girl. And you say what? Oh, okay then. And and then life happened. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. So, you know, life will shut you up. And the 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 blessing thing about that is that for me it has taught me to be humble and to to be less judgmental and to sympathize when people are going through things. Versus being so quick to give my opinion about it, you know, because it might be something that I can't really relate to. And to sit up there and to just kind of give my two cents on it, you know, just life has taught me to just to, you know, humble yourself like nothing's wrong with, you know, giving advice or, you know, well, maybe you should, you know, but I'm just but being overly judgmental about it or just thinking that I know if it was me, how I would react to it. Life has taught me like, you know, hold up on that before you you're so quick to run your mouth, basically. So that's number one. Life will shut you up. Number two. And this is something that I've just learned recently, but just because I apologize to someone, it doesn't mean that they have to accept my apology. And that was also a humbling, this, this has been a humbling lesson to learn because for me, when I apologize, you know, it's, it's, I, I sincerely mean it because I don't like hurting people's feelings. I really don't. I don't like to see people hurt, period. But especially if it's something that I've done, I don't I don't like it. And so when I apologize, especially when I apologize, because by the time I have reached the point where I'm apologizing somebody to somebody, it's something that I've pondered in my mind. And it's something that I'm that I've get, you know, um, what am I trying to say? That I've worked up the nerve to do. So when I apologize, it it's real. But what I've had to learn is that everybody's not going to accept your apology or my apology. And I have to be okay with that. You know, I have to be at peace with someone not being at peace with me. I, I really have to be okay with that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about the type of apology. That like is like a well, my bad 
or, you know, nonchalant type. I'm talking about a sincere, like you meant that thing from the gut of your gut type. Oh my God. Like I am so apologetic. And then the person's like, "Mm, whatever, that was trash. You, you know, you have to, you know, be at peace with that, you know, because one thing I'm not going to do is grovel. Um, but I will accept my wrongdoing, but I ain't groveling. Uh, you can hang that up. No, that's not going to happen. But, um, but yeah, I've had to learn that because on the flip side, I've, you know, I've been that person to other people where, where if someone has wronged me or hurt my feelings, I haven't always necessarily been that quick to be like, okay, cool. We cool. Let's get back to, you know, there are have been times where I've held on to a grudge or, you know, been very unforgiving. And at the end of the day, really, whether it's somebody not forgiving me or me not forgiving, not forgiving somebody else, really, the only person that's really affected by it is the person that's holding on to the grudge because, you know, the person who's, who's sincerely apologetic or yeah, the person who's really sincerely apologetic, like they can go on with their life but the person that's really holding the burden is the person that's not forgiving, you know, and that's your MO. That's your, that's your, your prerogative is what I meant to say. If you choose not to forgive, that's fine. But don't, what I've learned is don't think that because you're holding on to that burden that everybody is like, mm-mm. at least I know that I'm not. Um, somebody chooses not to forgive me. I'm not losing any sleep over that, you know, and that might sound a little harsh, but really I'm, I'm not, I meant the apology, but if you choose not to take it, I just have to accept that. And like I said, that was just a recent lesson that I had to learn. It was kind of hard for me to learn, but I learned it and I'm good. So number one, life will shut you up. Number two, everybody may not accept your apology. Number three. Heartbreak sucks. Heartbreak sucks, man. Who heartbreak is who invented that? Hit me up. Cause heartbreak is like, oh my god, I hate heartbreak. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about grieving type heartbreak, but I'm talking about like, you know, intimate relationship and your heart gets like ripped out your chest and then you get a gut punch at the same time. That type of heartbreak. It sucks, man. It really sucks. And like I was talking to one of my homegirls about this the other day and I was telling her that, you know, how schools have safe sex classes and, you know, they they or I I guess they do. (laughs) I don't know. But you know, how people are taught about, you know, abstinence and celibacy and, you know, condoms and birth control and just say, you know what I mean? But there also needs to be some type of class on heartbreak. You know what I mean? Because that thing just, it, my first heartbreak, I was like, who, what? Like that thing hit me like a ton of bricks. I was not, you know, and like, like I said, one of my foundational things is food. I love to eat, but I remember like, and, and I don't, you know, eating is that's, Hey, that's my jam. But I remember my first taste of heartbreak. Like I saw it in my mind that I wanted to eat, but there was something in me that was like, nah, fam, you don't want no food. You don't, you don't want to eat. We don't, we don't feel like digesting. And I couldn't figure out like, what is, and that was, that was it, you know? And maybe that's just how heartbreak hits me. But I just, that thing, oh my God, heartbreak sucks. It just, oh my goodness. Mm-mm. Like when I, and I'm going to move on to number four, but like when I think about heartbreak and how I wish I could deal with it, like I wish that there was a way that I could like zip my outer exterior body, unzip it and take out all of my inner and like with all those emotions and hurt. And like, you know how when you're drying clothes and you can hang them on a line to dry them out, I wish I could like 
all my inner, hang it on a line and let it just get dried out of all those hurt emotions and everything. And then like I can just put my inner back in and zip myself back up and like be good. You know what I mean? Like it'll be just like a quick like boom, boom, pow, you're good type thing, you know? And maybe for some people it is, but for me, like getting over heartbreak is a process. It is a process. Oh, I hate heartbreak. All right. So that's number three life tool. And and the reason why I keep that in my life toolbox is because I remember the pain of heartbreak so that I don't so that whenever I'm entering into a situation that I can remind myself, girl, now you remember this. Come on, let's dig through this life toolbox and get this heartbreak out. And let's remember how that felt. So be cautious before you head down this, you know, little golden brick road. Okay, get your toolbox, girl. Take some stuff with you. So, so number four, sometimes life or sometimes things in life just don't add up. And this is something that I've put into my life toolbox is because So when I was younger, it was easy for me to look at life like one plus one equals two. Like those were like that was like the simple basic equation for me as it pertained to life when I was younger. But then, like I said before, life kind of happened and I learned that, you know, one Y plus one X divided by six can still equal two side note math scholars please don't come for me because i'm sure that that's not even a real equation i don't know i was never good at math but i'm trying to use that example to just kind of help you understand that you know i just really had to realize that there's an expected end for me And but how I get there is not always going to be like this basic. I do this. I do this and then get this. It's it's just that's just not going to happen. And maybe there are people out there listening who their life has kind of flowed like that. And that's great. But for me, I just had to learn that sometimes things in life, they just it doesn't add up. You know, it doesn't it doesn't. It doesn't add up like I remember there was a time where for in my past career, I was studying for a promotion and I studied like, I mean, four or five days. I I took a week off from work and from sunup to sundown, I just studied, 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 quizzed myself, studied, 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 studied. And I did not get promoted that year. I didn't get promoted. So then the next year, you know, I was, I was feeling a little discouraged, not as motivated to study or whatever. So I kind of like halfway did it and then I got promoted. And I'm like, what, Lord, what, How? what? It just did not make sense. And I'm not saying that that, you know, that works for everybody. Or like I said, that's the equation for everybody. But that's just one thing that I continually have to remind myself that Shannon Sometimes things in life just don't, it just will not make sense and it doesn't add up. And the reason why I have to make sure that that isn't in my life toolbox is because there was a time before I became confident in knowing this, that my faith was really shaken by this because I believe that that's just how life worked. And when life hit me and it didn't work like that, I was like, okay, something's something's not right. Something's not right. I don't believe my faith was just really shaken up. And um, I just had to reassess a lot of things. And then just like I said, come to this conclusion and be confident in this conclusion and just know that there's still an expected end for me. But the way to get there just may not look the way I think it should. And that's okay. Just remember there's always an expected end. And I hope that makes sense. But 
that is one of my uh, one of my things that I've learned. So that's number four. Number five, consider the source. I don't mind getting advice from people or critique from people or or anything like that. But one thing that I've learned is that I have to consider where it's coming from. You know what I mean? Like somebody like, okay, because sometimes people say things based off of their own insecurities or their own self doubts and they project that onto you or they projected that onto me. And if I'm not confident in where I am and what I'm doing, I might just think that somehow this person just knows so much so that this knows this person knows better than I know. Like, for instance, like I I think I I probably said it a few times and please forgive me if I have. But, you know, I've I've just transitioned out of a career and I'm. And before I transitioned, a lot of people were just kind of like, okay, so, you know, you're going to go and get another job. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But I had already set it up in my mind and I was already confident in this and prepared myself that I wasn't going to work for a while. And and but then listening to other people like saying, okay, you you know, you got to get your resume out there. You got to do this, you know, whatever. I started to get a little nervous, like, okay, maybe. Maybe I do need to hurry up and, and, you know, go back to work right or right away. But then I was like, uh-uh, girl, Shannon, no. Remember, we are taking a break for a while. You've been saving up for a long time for this to be able to sustain yourself and to still be able to, you know, maintain a certain lifestyle without working. You're, you're going to be okay. Don't let what these other people's, uh, you know, insecurities or doubts or whatever, uh, and not saying anything bad about them. But, you know, I had to remind myself, don't let that shake you up. Like, keep moving, do what you do, what you do, or do what you're going to do. So, you know, consider the source. That That's just what I'm saying. Advice, critique, you know, positive affirmations, whatever, like, consider the source where it's coming from. So number six, comparison is a life killer. And it really is like when you spend when I've spent time comparing myself to other people, I took my focus off of what the wonderful things that were going on in my life at that moment, because I was too busy like, well, you know, they got that going on, but I but I don't have that going on. But then I wasn't thinking about what I did have going on, you know? And what it does is that comparison it it makes you kind of devalue your own life when just the mere fact that you're living your life, you know, your your life is already valuable. Um so don't you know, I, I and I have to tell myself this, especially like with social media and, you know, like the whole FOMO fear of missing out thing. And, you know, people posting what they got going on or whatever. It's sometimes it's easy to get sucked into that trap of like, dang, I ain't got nothing going on in my little life. And this person is going is hopping from, you know, from Japan to Africa every two seconds or, or whatever. But Don't compare your life to other people like, you know, live in the moment and, you know, like love your life, love yourself, love what you got going on and don't compare it to anybody else because you never know what's going on with them behind closed doors. It really doesn't even matter what's going on to them. Just comparison will don't take your eyes off of what you have going on. So that's number six. Okay, comparison is a life killer. Number seven, sometimes it's you. And this goes along the line with, you know, sometimes people may not, um, you know, accept your apology or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it's you is one of those life lessons that I've learned where it really makes me not just focus on the things that make me great, but the things that aren't so great about me. 
And sometimes, you know, it takes us being really honest with ourselves and just be like, you know, nah, I ain't, I ain't all that great, you know, or this part of me, of my attitude or my personality is not all that great. Overall, you're a great person, but you know, we got some ugly parts. Like, you know how if you see those memes and things like that where people are like my haters and people hating on me and, you know, and sometimes, yeah, it might be that people are like legit hating or jealous or whatever. But sometimes people's dislike for you, us, me, whatever, it's legit. You know, like you, if you ever talk to those people who are just like, you know, I'm, I'm generally like a really good person. I just have like rough edges. And then they just be like, oh, but, you know, all my haters. Well, maybe they're not hating on you because of the good. Maybe they're hating on you because of those rough edges. You know what I mean, maybe just slick them edges down a little bit. But yeah, sometimes. But, you know, that has just been something I've had to learn that's like, girl, sometimes it's you. Sometimes you know, people don't want to accept your apology because that wasn't a, a, sincere, a sincere apology. And like I said, for me, when I apologize, it's sincere. I mean it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, people just don't want to fool with me because of of the of something that's legit bad or, a, you know, a character flaw. I'll say that. And that's their prerogative. You know what I mean? That's their prerogative. But for me, I have to be honest with myself to know that those parts are in me and to really make a conscious effort to work on them. Now, even in working on them, I'm not going to be a fan or everybody's not going to really still like me or whatever. And I just got to be okay with that. But like I said, you got to be at peace, but not being at peace with everybody. But make sure, you know, that you're that I have to make sure that I'm legit taking the time to work on myself and to work on those those bad things. And if people come around, great. If they don't, you got to keep moving. <clears throat> so that's number seven. Sometimes it's, it's you. Number eight, be your own cheerleader. So in talking about the good parts, you know, I used to downplay Things like if somebody would say, girl, like, yeah, you know, that was you are good at that or you did that good or, you know, something or that's nice on you or whatever. I'd be like, no, nah, it's not. It's not really. Girl, it's not all that. This dress really it's old. Girl, I didn't have this dress since high school or whatever. But, you know, I had to tell myself, uh, uh-uh, girl, like stun on yourself. Like, girl, like when you got it going on, admit, girl, yes. My hair do look good today, girl. It do. Like, yes, I did that, girl. Yes, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. While we're evaluating ourselves and evolving and growing and noticing even our bad, we should also applaud our good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good at that. Like, I can read, girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, something. I don't know. But be your own cheerleader. And that's number eight. Number nine um, life tool that I have is that love is beautiful. And it really is like that's just as I've gotten older, that's just something that I'm like, love is dope. It really is like whatever kind of love, like family love, friends love, significant other love, even for me, like co-worker love, you know, it is really, I love to love. I really do. Like, I just love, I like to spread it on like some peanut butter and jelly. Like, I just love to love. Mm, I just love it. Thank. I thank God for the gift of love. I'm so for real about that thing. I love, I just love loving on people. You know, I just really, really do do like and it's nothing like someone who may feel unlovable and then like you pour your love and they're like okay somebody love me like and you just pat them on the back and just be like go on out to the world with that love on you just gone gone Ugh, I just love love I just do it's it's such a beautiful thing all right number 10 
I've learned to not major in the minors. So I don't, there's just things that I do not put a lot of energy to. There are things that I'm just like, I ain't going back and forth. You know what I mean? About, and, and you, and you have to know what that is, you know, for you. Um, but for me, there's just petty things that I'm just like, nah, fam, mm-mm. That's just not going to, I'm, I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm just not, I'm not going to worry about it. I don't major in the minor things. And I'm trying to think of something that, that I would consider like a minor thing that at this point that I'm not, that, um, okay. So for me, you know, like life is going to happen. You know what I mean? But while life is happening, life is still going. You feel me? And so I always have to think that, you know, this thing right here that happened, like, especially if I, you know, I had no control over it. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't whatever, you know, I, I got to keep going. I, I have to keep going. So it becomes like a, a minor thing to me. You know what I mean? That I just don't worry about. Like, you know, um, Again, I'm trying to think of something that I would like. Okay, when I was in high school, I think hearing that or knowing that people were talking about me probably would have been like a, a life crusher. Probably because I didn't have too much else going on other than like schoolwork, which I was barely doing. But you know that that really was like a major thing to me when I was in high school. Right now, that's not a that's. That's not a major thing. I'm not okay. Cool, you know. Especially if it, it it doesn't affect like my mortgage or lights or water or anything. I don't that I don't major in that type of stuff. You know, keep talk cool. That's fine. If you got time for that, that's fine. But I don't have time to worry about it. So when I say not, I don't major in minor things. That's what I mean. Like things that aren't gonna like put a dent in my life. I ain't got time to worry about that. And I won't make time to worry about it. So that's number 10. Number 11. Moving right along here. Um, don't lower your standards. And like, oh, I loathe the, the days when I did not value myself enough. And I lower my standards for friendships or relationships because at the end of the day, I ended up being upset more so with myself that I lowered my standard than the than, you know, trying to fit in with some people who, you know, I had to compromise who I was just to be cool with them. That was dumb or lowering my standard for a relationship or anything like that. And I, I did. I have done that. But, you know, what I've learned, what. What I've learned is that, like, I'm not lowering my standards. You know, I'm valuable and I need to be around and with people who realize that and who value me like I value myself. Um, and if you can't get with that, then I'm good with that. I'm not majoring in minors and you not understanding my value and not wanting to be around me because of that is a minor thing. So, I'm good. But yeah, don't, you know, I don't, don't lower your standards. That is so important. Do not lower your standards. A little bit of, you know, compromise for the sake of, uh, for a little bit of compromise is okay. But there, it becomes, becomes a big difference between when you're compromising your, your value, like then that's not, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, and it, it sucks too. Like, uh, even uh, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but just when you look over your life and and see that, like, well, when I look over my life, I'll say that and see where I've like lowered my standards for people who did not even deserve it, and then only in the end to be hurt by those people. And I'm like, God, dog it, man! I could have held on to that standard. Shucks, and I lowered it for. That fool or these foolettes or whatever. So anyway, uh, that's one thing that I've learned. And number 12, um, I've learned that God is real and God is good. And I know that everyone, you know, you have your, I don't fool around with 
religious debates and I don't, you know, and I admit that there are sometimes things about, you know, God that kind of, you know, I'm a little confused about, you know, that I'm still, cause I'm still learning and everything like that. But there is something, the thing that I know concrete that is unshakable is that, that God is real and God is good. And I don't allow anything to shake that basic principle up for me because of things that I've seen God do in my life that nobody can even explain it. I can't even explain it, you know, and I knew without a shadow of doubt that it was God. And that's what I'm resting on. And that's what I believe. And that's what it is. You know, God is real and God is good. So just a quick little recap, and then I'm going to go to the the last six, and then I'm going to be done. But so the things that I've learned is that life will shut you up, that just because you apologize don't mean that people have to accept the apology, that heartbreak sucks, that sometimes in life things just don't add up, that you have to consider the source, that comparison is a life killer. That sometimes is you, boo. That you need to be to be my own cheerleader. That love is beautiful. That I don't major in the minors. That don't lower your standards. And that God is real and God is good. Those are the things that I've learned. Those are the things that are in my life toolbox. Some of the things that are in my life toolbox. So some things that I'm still learning... And those are things that I've kind of slapped up on my vision board, um, things that I'm working on. Number one is how to guard my heart and be open at the same time. So it's either for me. So with anything, whether it's friendships or relationship, it takes me a while to like get in the flow of that and to open up to whoever. But once I'm there, I'm there. You know, I'm the most loyal friend. Like I have my friends back sometimes to a, a fault. But, you know, I'm I'm all there. I love to love. I just I'm 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 there. But sometimes in being so open and loving and vulnerable like that, you know, I, the risk is, is that I may get my feelings hurt. And so then when that happens, then I start building up walls. And the thing that I'm trying to work on now is knowing how to have a balance, how to be open enough, but guarded enough. And I haven't quite figured that one out yet. You know, honestly, I I just don't, you know, and I look back sometimes over my life and I've hated, well, not hate, that's a strong word, but it's. It saddens me on how guarded I was with some people that I really wish that that I probably should have been more open to. But because of fear of her, I was guarded towards them. And so they really never got the full um, experience of getting to know me. And then I see that there's people that I've opened myself up to that I'm like, unfortunately, I gave away. So I was so open with them and then they hurt me and. Like that, I should have been doing that for the other people. If that does that make sense, y'all? So, yeah, I'm trying to, mm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that one out. I, I really, I haven't gotten a good formula on that yet. You know, hit me up if you um, have some advice. Of course, I'm going to consider the source. Ding. But um, you know, let me know. Another thing that I'm working on is so who I am. Now, let me let me explain that. So I think that I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, I am transitioning. I just retired from a career that I was doing for like 20 plus years. And that career consumes so much of who I am, who I was and everything. Um, And it kind of defined me in a way. And so now that I'm transitioning out of that It's like I'm having to learn myself all over again. Who am I outside of this career? And that transition has been surprisingly not as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, just being honest, it it just 
Yeah. And then it was a lot of other variables in my life that happened along the, the same time as me um, retiring and everything. Um, so I'm having to like really like figure this girl out. And and then I'm trying to step on on faith with doing like this podcast. And I have like a, some other things that I'm stepping out on faith to do. Um, and it's yeah, man, like feeling just having to. You know, I'm having to like relearn myself. So that's something that I'm working on. Um, another thing that I'm working on is opening my mind to. So I'm pretty OK, opening my mind to different people. OK, so let me explain this. I'm pretty I think think I'm pretty diverse, you know, I'm pretty accepting of a lot of different people, but sometimes not really. I do have my biases and um, I'm not going to go too deep into that, Um, but I do have my biases about uh, certain people and I just made it up in my mind that this year, especially, I'm going to be intentional about being a, being open minded um, and meeting new people and really um, working on my biases. So that's something that I'm working on, being open minded. Another thing is that I need to stop procrastinating and I don't even know how to just I need to stop procrastinating. And that's just period, point blank. I just, me and me, me and procrastination, like we have had this love affair for so long. We are like low key married. And I just don't, I need to serve, serve my buka, them papers and like just get this thing over with and like let it be done with, you know, because procrastination is just oh gosh I don't even understand the the psyche of why I I don't know why I procrastinate but I do and I can't even say that I procrastinate and then like I'm like oh yeah but things get done because sometimes I procrastinate and it don't get done and then I'm kicking myself that it didn't get done and goodness I, I just don't know like we'll probably talk about school but my undergrad man please we don't even need to get into that it's by the grace of God that I have a degree because okay we'll just leave it like that but yeah I need to stop procrastinating and then it goes into the next thing that I'm working on that I that I'm working on is that I need to stop being late to everything like it's so in my mind disrespectful to be late but I do it And I'm wrong for that. Dead wrong. But yeah, I really need to stop being late for everything. And it's just that for me, if I have too much time, like say if I need to be somewhere and like I'm already ready and I got like an hour to 30 minutes before I need to be there, like I'm going to find little stuff to do in between time. And then before you know it, I got five minutes to be somewhere that's going to take me an hour to actually get there. You know what I mean? And that's just uh, that procrastinating. It's just horrible. So I'm really working on not just being on time, but being early for things like, yeah, yeah, I just, oh God, being late is horrible. And then plus like I'm transitioning and eventually I will go back into the workforce and I can't be late. You know what I mean? Because that me going back in the workforce will probably last a whole day, if that much, if I make being late a habit, you know, so I really need to work on that now. And the last thing that I need to work on is as faith over fear. You know, I really need to put that into action because a lot of times just being honest, fear is like my leader in a lot of things in life. And because of, you know, self-doubt and things like that. And I just need to do it, you know. And like I said, especially lately, fear, because I'm just like, I don't, this is new to me. This is, you know, 20 plus years of my life was one way. And now it's 
something totally different. And my, you know, I have to trust the process. And um, yeah, man, so I really need to work on my my faith. So just to wrap up, the things that I'm, I'm working on is having a balance between um, guarding my heart and opening my heart, um, learning who I am, um, having an open mind, need to stop procrastinating, need to stop being late, and I need to put faith over fear. So that's just kind of like, just a recap, I'm doing the New Year, New Me episodes, and this is the first first episode under that series and it's just a new year new me it's never too late to reflect and just reflecting on what's already in my life toolbox things that I need to and things that I need to work on as I press forward to be this new me better version of me and like I said before hit me up share with me you know some things that are in your life toolbox and some things that you're working on and maybe we can just be encouragement to each other to you know to be our best selves to live our let our best lives um, again check me out on my website I'll tell you the address again it's n 2 l 4 you.com and then and you can also email me from the website and then also you can email me from email gmail and that's never to l for you at gmail.com um so i hope you all enjoyed this episode thank you so much for taking time to hang in there with me I hope I didn't bore you, (laughs) but seriously, thank you all so much for listening. And until the next time, um, bye.